0: Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast, hosted by Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welkie Customs Brokers USA. Damon is a licensed U.S. Customs Broker and Certified Customs Specialist with more than 18 years' experience in the import-export customs, transportation, and logistics sectors. Each month, Trade Secrets will bring you guests in the industry to provide their insights on timely trade issues to give you an advantage in international trade. So now, let's talk trade. Welcome to the podcast, Damon Piotek, President and CEO of Welke Custom Brokers USA here on Trade Secrets. We have a a great guest, a very interesting guest, Richard Gottlieb, and uh, he is in the toy industry, right, Richard? Yes, sir, I am. Great, great. So why don't you tell us about what you do and and kind of the little background that uh, got you to where you are today?
1: Well, uh, I was an English lit major in college, so of course I'm in business today. Uh, (laughs) many of us start that way and um uh, my journey has taken me to a place where uh, i'm actually a a globally recognized expert on the business of play Uh, and as such uh, i consult with uh, primarily toy companies uh in the u.s and internationally and uh We assist with anything from finding sourcing to China through marketing plans to finding distribution in the U.S. uh, and other countries, too. Uh, We have a magazine, Global Toy News, which is a magazine of commentary on the toy industry. And we have a podcast as well, the Playground podcast, uh, in which we talk to executives in the industry. Uh, we do expert witness testimony, mergers and acquisitions, and we represent uh, intellectual property developers.
0: My wife was is an English teacher, and she was an English lit major. So, uh, and my <laughs> PR, the, the gentleman that uh, does my PR and marketing, uh, Craig Turner, he was a uh, an English lit major too. So he ended up going in kind of similar thing that you did with going into business. <laughs> but uh so you're you're talking about internationally uh this is fantastic you, you know obviously toys are made around the world. Um, what are some of the um, hurdles that you help uh, companies overcome with the international uh borders?
1: Well, first of all, but, you know it's interesting the toy industry has, has always been a global industry, uh, and uh, believe it or not, before World War one. Germany was like China is today. It dominated the world's toy industries and uh, the U.S. embargoed German goods during World War One, and the U.S. became a, a manufacturer of toy goods. But toy production tends to travel to low-cost uh, locations, and so currently it's, it's been in China for several decades. And we make fully uh, 86% of the world's toys are made in China. And if you go into southern China, it's one giant factory.
0: That's, am- um, that's amazing. I I- the,
1: the current uh, problems we're having with the supply chain and the, just the mere, meteoric rise in prices uh, have had a real impact on the tour industry. And, and, and I, I think it could be a real game changer for in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, the obviously the, the backups at the ports, the rise in costs of containers, uh, you know, we're seeing container costs go up to almost $20,000 a container in some instances to get those goods into the United States. Do you see, I mean, how is that affecting the toys? Are they shipping less? Are they or have they worked out such great rates because there's so many, uh, uh you know so much volume or what, what how are they surviving in that industry well nobody's
1: worked out great rates <laughs> uh, I, can, I can assure you of that uh and uh, it has gotten as you well know very difficult uh, even when you have secured a container uh to make sure it gets on the ship yes uh and we are in the heart of the shipping season, you know, roughly 40% of our business in the toy industry takes place in the last three months of the year. So goods are being made, they're shipped, being shipped. So this is a real struggle. And uh, uh, companies who who make products in, in which, uh, uh, in some cases, the value of the goods is less than the cost of the container, are really put in a bind. Uh, some folks have postponed uh, Um, shipping their goods in the hopes three or four months ago that uh, prices would go down. Well, that was a mistake. Uh, So it's gotten to the point where I think we're going to see some empty shelves this Christmas Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to see less variety on the shelves. Yeah. Um, So it's, it's, um, I think it's a particular, this is a black swan event, I think, that could affect
0: uh, where people make goods. Yeah, I've I've talked to uh, people in other industries where they're saying that you know they're trying to find suppliers that are more regional, you know, in the global economy. Where they're looking to Canada, they're looking to Mexico, rather than looking to China or India or Africa, because they, there's just no there's there's no margin after they've paid that price to get it here. Um, you mentioned about the lack of goods on shelves in the stores that, that, you know, shelves are going to be pretty bare this Christmas are, uh, just for our listeners out there that are in other industries is the, I mean, I'm seeing it in most industries, but how, how bad is that going to be this Christmas? I mean, I ordered a table, uh, for my dining room in January. Uh, here we are kind of mid July and I still don't have it. So is that the yeah. same lag time in, in the toy industry also?
1: Yeah, well it it's going to uh, uh, we don't know i mean okay. very frankly it's mm-hmm. it's too early to know uh i i think what you're going to see is a dearth of really low cost goods i mean think about dollar tree stores in which everything they sell is a dollar i yeah. mean that's a that's a killer
0: yeah, there's um, not much margin left if you're if you're tripling right. the cost of a container. Yeah.
1: So I I think you're going to see folks uh, doing some assessments on value of goods. Mm-hmm. They're also going to do assessments on retailer relationships. If if I've sold something to Walmart, uh, and that's an important customer to me, um, even if I'm not making money, I have to make. I I'm probably will have to still get it there. So this yeah. could this could break some companies.
0: Yeah, I think
1: I I think that that could be the the end point, and and I do want to make one point on something we just spoke about. You know, um, the challenge to manufacturing toys in other locations is that no one in the world remotely has the capacity that China has. Okay, it's just not there. So it's not like we can instantly move it someplace else, Mm -hmm. Uh, even Vietnam and. Places like that are, only have so many people. Right. Uh, so, so it's, it's, it's going to take a while,
0: yeah. if
1: it does happen, well, uh, for factories to be built or to be repurposed.
0: Yeah, and it, it definitely takes time uh, to do that. We saw some factories move out of China when the 301 and 232 duties, the 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 additional duty on Chinese goods and then the additional duty on steel aluminum, those 232 duties... Wow. We saw factories move, but it took months. It took a year for, in some cases, to move those factories to repurpose others. So this isn't something that's going to happen. You're you're totally correct there, Richard. It's it's not something that's yeah, this, going to
1: happen. This right is going to, right to take a while to work out. If if I was China, I would be very concerned. I I think the um, uh, the freight company, the ocean freight companies, I saw where one of them just put a five thousand dollar surcharge on forty foot containers wow. and a four thousand dollar surcharge on forty foot on twenty foot containers. So uh it, it's not gonna get better anytime soon and and these guys that are doing this I think are really damaging their future because it is gonna force people for the first time in decades to seriously consider where else they can produce these goods and what's going to be involved in building the infrastructure.
0: Yeah. China has made investments in other countries with infrastructure projects like Africa with railroads and, and ports, And but that still doesn't solve the problem with the ocean containers. That price is still there. So it'll be interesting to well, see how this plays out.
1: Well, you mentioned Mexico earlier, and, and of course, that is the most rational place. Uh, to go but but what has surprised me is i haven't seen mexico uh, making at least any conspicuous attempt to um, grab a hold of some of this production
0: yeah that's very interesting uh and in other industries we're seeing the same thing so um mexico has not uh, stepped up to put in additional production very very interesting point there I'm going to I'm going to change gears a little bit. This is uh, you know, just kind of have you gotten into the compliance aspect or the difficulties of sourcing from a manufacturer overseas and meeting US uh compliance uh regulations with the Consumer Product Safety Commission and 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 have you helped companies with that in the past?
1: Yeah, the, the um actually the US toy industry was one of the first industries to institute safety protocols that was back in the 1930s. Uh, but the government got involved, uh, in 2007 when there was a number of very high profile problems with some goods, but particularly there was, uh, a lead paint in uh, products being produced by Mattel. And so, uh, the, we were as an industry, uh, we were hit with uh, uh, more legal restrictions and safety protocols, et cetera. So today when you produce in China, and in your factories, the reputable factories are all aware of this, as are the companies that do the safety inspections. But, you know, you have to uh, inspect each batch. Uh, You have to indicate with batch numbers and dates of production, et cetera. And, of course, the toy industry, like any
0: industry, uh, hates litigation. <laughs> you know, nobody
1: wants <laughs> yeah, to be sued. Exactly. Nobody wants a, a child to get hurt.
0: And, and you know, it really does show because you don't see a lot of, I mean, the last one that I can remember was Mattel, and like you said, that was the lead and the chromium and the paint. So, um, but really we don't see a lot of problems with toys on the import side of things from China. No, we, we,
1: we try really hard, uh, and, it's, and the Chinese do too because it's, Everybody, you know, lives or
0: dies by the quality and the safety of toys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so uh, toy industry, big industry in the United States. Everybody's looking forward to Christmas. We have uh, slowdowns in the supply chain. We have manufacturing um, production issues. Um, what are What are some tips that you can give our listeners? That you see, that's going to help them out in the future to come. I mean, what are some things to watch out for that that you could you can put bring to the table for them?
1: Sourcing products in in China is um, is both um, complex and and it can be simple at the same time. It really depends a lot on who you know and what you know. Uh, the, the best thing I can advise people to do is. Don't go it alone when looking for a factory. Uh, talk to people who already produce in China. Uh, find out what factories they use. Uh, find out which factories have good reputations. Uh, you know, we at Global Tour Experts, we have several factories that, that we send people to because they just have a history, of, of a long history of, of being... Um, very professional and standing behind their, their products. So uh, when I see people who get into trouble is where they've gone online and they found a factory. Uh, and then when you do produce goods in China, make sure you have an agent uh, standing at the end of the line when the first products come off to make sure they meet your standards. Uh, some of the saddest stories I've seen are people who, again, have ordered products from China, and it comes in, and the quality's bad, and the color's wrong, and they're they're maybe sitting on 20,000 pieces of unsellable product. Mm. So it's very important that either you, yourself, take a trip to China, be there when the products start coming off the line, or uh, hire an agent, it's not terribly expensive, and have somebody go in and and Mm. look out for you.
0: Great. Great. And that's that's part of, uh, is that part of what you do as a consultant for these toy factory, for these toy uh, we, industry? Is that where you kind of help them and, and help them to understand that? We help
1: them find factories. We help them find agents. Uh, we we uh, advise them on uh, how to stay out of trouble. Okay. <laughs> you know? Nice. Uh, and and uh, how, to, how to make sure that ultimately a, a great product makes it to the shelf, and that shoppers get to vote with their money whether you created a great product or not, Okay, uh, just to make sure that something didn't go awry that prevents you from really finding out.
0: Great, great. So what's next on the horizon for your company? What's the future hold? Uh, where, where do you see uh, you know, what's happening in the next five years or ten years? or? Uh,
1: we are moving more and more into mergers and acquisitions. That's a, a big part of our business uh, we're doing a lot more uh, expert witness uh, we find it's an extremely fascinating area of business and uh, we like the intellectual property side too uh, We like it when we when we uh, find people who've created what we think are some great product and assisting them in uh, determining the best way to go forward you know we always tell people, we ask this question, what do you love to do? Do you love to invent products or do you love to be up at 3 o'clock in the morning wondering what the, where your container ship is? And uh, if you love to invent and you don't like the business side, don't do it yourself. License the rights to your product to a company that that's what they do. Uh, but if you want to be in business, etc., we help them determine that they have a right assets in place, uh, that they are fully aware of all the risks, and we do everything we can to reduce that risk for them and to uh, really enhance the opportunity.
0: Perfect, perfect. And uh, just for our listeners, I know you mentioned your podcast uh, that you have, but uh, where else can our listeners learn more about you and your company?
1: Okay, well, Global Toy Experts uh, is our Company, uh website www.globaltoyexperts.com uh they might find our magazine global toy news uh www.globaltoynews.com to be of interest and in learning more about not just the toy industry but the business of play and then finally uh i do a podcast with chris burn the, the toy guy he's a regular on kelly and ryan and uh Uh, It's called The Playground Podcast, and we talk to executives in the toy industry, uh, again, about the business of play.
0: Great, great. It sounds like a fun business, and no pun intended there. Um, <laughs> it has this moment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, Richard, I really uh, thank you for coming on the podcast today. We really appreciate it. If there's any questions about international trade, you can always send them our way. My email is damon, D-A-M-O-N, at welke, W-E-L-K-E, USA.com. And Richard, thank you again for being on the podcast, and uh, we will have a new episode soon. This has been Trade Secrets, the podcast hosted by Damon Piatek, president and CEO of Welkie Customs Brokers USA. Thank you for listening.